get you ready for today's battle on the gridiron, let's join the host of Cougar Pregame Live, Jason Shepard. Good afternoon, BYU fans. Welcome into Cougar Pregame Live today. BYU is on the road at Camp Randall Stadium in Madison, Wisconsin to face the number six team in the country, the Wisconsin Badgers. As always, I am joined by Mark Lyons. Joins me from the press box at Camp Randall. Mark, there are a handful of iconic stadiums in college football, and man, you are at one of them today. (laughs) That's the truth, uh, Jason. Man, alive. Uh, I love this place. Uh, I've been here uh, twice before, and so uh, it's a pretty cool setting. But it's the fourth oldest stadium in the United States, and BYU's had an opportunity to play in the other three older, Cincinnati and uh, Georgia Tech and Mississippi State. Well, Georgia Tech's the oldest, Mississippi State. So it's uh, pretty unique. It's in pretty good shape for being 100 years old. Yeah, it's one of those iconic places. And you talk about atmospheres and the pageantry of college football. And, and certainly everyone will think of jump around in between yeah. the third and the fourth quarter. But just in general, to have, what, 85,000 people packing the stadium, it's definitely one of those places that it's uh, usually on people's bucket list to make sure they get to. I agree, and uh, uh, I'll tell you, the first time I was here was, of course, 1980. Jim McMahon was here, and uh, the band would play that Budweiser song, and uh, everybody would bounce to the music at the same time, and this place was, uh, it was rocking, and and I mean, literally, the press box up here was, you know, moving back and forth, and we're all looking wide-eyed, and everybody next to us, and, no, that's the way it is, (laughs) so... They played for an hour after the football game. They were 4-7 and seven that year. BYU beat them in that game, and yet people hung around after the game and partied for an hour. It was pretty. It was interesting and great to see that kind of fan support. Well, I know the BYU football team, they're excited to be playing there, but they're not there to sightsee. They're there to win a football game against the number six team in the country. Let's get to today's game headlines as the Cougars face the Badgers. These are your BYU football headlines. Headline number one. BYU looking to bounce back after falling to 1-1 one and one after last Saturday's 21-18 home loss to the Cow Bears. Can the offense find its rhythm against one of the most physical teams in the nation? Mark, that's going to be one of the biggest keys. Can the Cougars match the physicality of the Badgers? Well, Wisconsin is. Their offensive line is just big. All five of their starters are over 300-plus pounds, and uh, they're all really good football players. They're, uh, they just have a lot of uh, well, moxie. They have this uh, image that that's how you play football, is a big offensive line and a big solid front on the defense. And uh, they're very physical. Uh, I do think that it was disappointing in BYU's performance last week. It's going to be interesting to see how they bounce back because they had those opportunities. Uh, I thought Cal showed more improvement from their first game to the second than BYU did. And there, there were just so many mistakes. And I'm not just talking about missed passes or maybe, you know, uh, interceptions. I'm talking about missed assignments. Uh, BYU made more mistakes. And uh, That caused them to lose that game more than Cal getting out and beating them. So those kinds of games are really frustrating. Yeah, and the coaches talked about that. Jeff Grimes, the offensive coordinator, mentioned earlier in the week, you know, it's it's all about execution. And if 
a couple of those, say, drop passes or, you know, mental mistakes go the other way, the game possibly turns out you know, with a completely different outcome. Now, it didn't, and so you can't worry about the, the what-ifs, but I think that it's it speaks to what the coaches have talked to the players about this week, that you cannot continue to make mistakes and expect to win against anybody, especially against the number six team in the country. Yeah, that's for sure. You, you can't make those kind of mistakes against Wisconsin, and, and you're not going to be perfect. There's going to be incomplete passes today. There's going to be interceptions. Uh, so those things, you know, they just end up being part of the football game. You take a chance, and sometimes the defense outplays you. But uh, in order to compete, you've got to work field position really hard, and you've got to cut down on those errors, make good sound assignments, and uh, in doing so, that gives you the chance. And uh, let Wisconsin make an error. Now, Wisconsin's opponents so far are weaker, certainly, than the two that BYU has played. So this will be a little better test for them today than they've seen so far. Absolutely. Headline number two. The Cougars facing the number six team in the country, Wisconsin. BYU has lost their last two matchups against the Badgers. One in 2013 there in Madison, a 10-point loss. And then last year in Provo, the Badgers came to Lavelle Edwards Stadium and beat BYU 40-6. to And I know that the coaches, they talk about this being a measuring stick. Not just a measuring stick on where this team is this year, but against a team that has very similar personnel, how they handle things this year versus last year's blowout. Yeah, and so uh, I think that uh, last year, that you know, it was the lines dominating. Uh, I'm talking about Wisconsin's lines dominating BYU. But then the skill people took over. And Alex Hornibrook, one incomplete <laughs> yeah. pass in the football game. Sufficient, oh. Mark. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Taylor came out, and Jonathan Taylor came out and just started to, uh, exp- you know, he popped through that line and then run with power. So, uh, you know, let's talk about when they were here in 2013. I thought that was the year that BYU really had a shot because they had a good football team with Taysom Hill. They had uh, Jamal Williams. They had uh, Mitch Matthews. They they had uh, Hoffman, Cody Hoffman. They had uh, Bronson Kafusi. They had a lot of people on that football team, and I thought this is the year they could come up here and beat a good Wisconsin team. And, uh, you know, that didn't happen. So, uh, as you look at this game today, the number that I think I'll probably mention again later, but uh, Wisconsin's 59% in, compl- in uh, making third down conversions, and uh, that's just too high. BYU cannot allow that to happen today. Well, and you mentioned Jonathan Taylor, which brings us to headline number three. Wisconsin featuring the nation's leading rusher in Jonathan Taylor, averaging almost 200 yards per game on the ground. This is somebody that as the season goes on at the end of the year will have his name mentioned just about every week in terms of the Heisman Trophy. If BYU is going to have any chance, and you mentioned Alex Hornibrook and how efficient he has been, especially he's really efficient in the red zone, but it really boils down to trying to limit Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, and, and uh, it's going to be hard. They, uh, Wisconsin is not fancy, and they'll do a few uh, things that you'll find unique, but they pretty much line up, and uh, you can kind of tell uh, they're going to run the football. That's their first objective. They're going to run play-action pass off the success of their run, and then on third downs they use those tight ends like crazy. So 
they don't fool anybody. They just come out and execute. Uh, same with the defense. But uh, last year, Taylor, I think he ran for 128 against BYU, and uh, he runs with speed, and he runs with power. He's really a good, solid football player. I am going to say that that 200 yards a game might be inflated in the <laughs> fact that they've played uh, Western Kentucky and New Mexico. Yeah. And I'm thinking that BYU might be able to test him a little bit more. Now, he carried the ball a lot of times last week, but uh, so he's durable too. Interestingly enough, he has not caught a pass this season. Now, there's only been three catches made by the running backs. And so uh, their goal is to run with those backs and then let those wide receivers and tight ends do the catching. Mark Lyons is at Camp Randall Stadium in Madison, site of today's BYU versus Wisconsin game. I'm in our BYU radio studios in Provo. Coming up, you'll hear from Kalani Sitake, Jeff Grimes, and Tristan Hodge in Cougar Cuts. But next, we'll get to know the foe as we talk with the play-by-play voice of the Wisconsin Badgers, Matt LaPay. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. Jason Shepard with you in Provo. Mark Lyons joins me from Madison, Wisconsin. It's time to get to know the phone. We're joined by Matt LePay, the play-by-play voice of the Wisconsin Badgers. Matt, thanks for taking a few minutes today. I understand uh, the humidity has returned to Madison. Yeah, summer came back. Uh, We had some beautiful almost fall-like weather here earlier in the week and uh the the cougars are here just in time for mid 80s and a lot of humidity so welcome to madison (laughs) so matt uh mark and i were actually just talking about this uh a moment ago in terms of jonathan taylor and okay 200 yards a game it's impressive regardless of who you're playing but i'm curious wisconsin's a very good team it's evident by being sixth in the country but how good do you think they are how much do you know about this team having not really been tested in the first two weeks. Yeah, you're still probably learning about yourself as a team. I'm sure it's not that dissimilar with BYU, although when you play two Pac-12 teams, the the level is a little bit higher, at least you would think it is on paper. Uh, I, I think Wisconsin would be best described right now as a work in progress. That was the, the thought with the defense going in because of so many new starters, but I think even... With all the experience back on offense, uh, it's still they're still developing, and, and quite frankly, they didn't show a whole lot, or they haven't shown a whole lot yet. They ran the ball almost exclusively last week because they could. So we'll learn more when they have to vary that playbook a little bit if that starts today or next yeah. week. But you'll you'll find out a little bit what they're all about. That was my question. Uh, they haven't shown they're pretty basic anyway in the way they do things, and they just do it really well. But they haven't been tested uh, much. Uh, do you think that they'll bring out some new things today, or still save it for conference? Uh, well, hard to say. I would, uh, I would, wouldn't be surprised if you saw some different things. Uh, first of all, I can't imagine they're going to run for 400 yards against BYU's defense today, the way it did last week against New Mexico. I'm not against it, but I'm just <laughs> saying it's, it's kind of it's, it's pretty difficult to expect that against a defense that doesn't give up a lot of big plays the way BYU's defense has been this season and last for that matter uh they have danny davis back he was suspended for the first two games very good wide receiver he is back with the team back playing he's been practicing but he gets his first game action 
Uh, he had a couple big catches last year in the game out in Provo. So they're, they're getting a little more depth in the receiving core again. So it wouldn't surprise me to see him winging around a little bit. I don't think he's, they're going to throw it 40 times, but I think they'll, they'll, they would put it up a little bit today. BYU saw this team in Provo last year. The Badgers won going away. And, and head coach Kalani Satake thinks this team is even better than the one they saw a year ago. Where do you think this team has improved the most from the one BYU saw in Provo in 2017? Well, I think where it can improve the most, where it's going to, from the Badgers' perspective, you, you hope will be the case with all the experience offensively. Uh, they, they started to really come of age last season as it went on. They had a lot of games where they did not start particularly well, and then they got rolling in the third quarter and in the fourth quarter. They had a terrific bowl game against Miami uh, down in South Florida. And with Alex Hornibrook now in his third year with the offensive line with three All-Americans, the, you know, they thought that could be a pretty good group. But in terms of improvement, maybe the defense because the start of the starting point, you have so many new starters right so they're not yeah. gonna they're not gonna know all there is to know in the first two three four weeks of the season i think the hope is as the year goes along i don't know if they're gonna put up the kind of numbers that they put up the last few years but who's to say they can't they have a lot of talent there they're just gaining experience on the fly and that's the attitude uh, you've had four seasons now with 10 plus wins or and uh uh, in the last uh, 15 years there have been nine or something like that and before that in the all the rest of the years, there were only three seasons where you had 10 or more wins. And so that's got to change the attitude of these players. They come out and they come here to Wisconsin with the idea they're going to be successful. Yeah, they, they do. They have this line, the standard is the standard. You uh-huh. know, they, they mentioned that with the running backs room and there were you know, turnover. And you have young guys like a Jonathan Taylor this time. Last year, people were learning about them. And, and for instance, with Wisconsin, the secondary, there's one returning starter, Dakota Dixon, and the other three back there are new faces in, in terms of getting playing time, but they they still think they can be pretty good. They run well. They're going to make mistakes, but uh, they they think that they, they can be a very good group back there. They, I think they have recruited pretty well as well. One of the things they think they have, and I'm not going to put it with a level of an Alabama or an Ohio State, but yeah. I think Wisconsin thinks – it has a better depth of speed. Always have the top end, and then you could get a pretty good drop. They think they have a little bit more depth in that area. Guys who can get from point A to point B pretty quickly. Talking with Matt LePay, the voice of the Wisconsin Badgers here on Cougar Pregame Live. I want to go back to Alex Hornibrook, and it's not just because he only had one incompletion last year in Provo, but the word that just comes to mind when I think of him is efficient, especially in the red zone. This guy just doesn't hurt you. Yeah, the red red zone numbers have been you know electric for him going back to last year. The one, and, and you guys didn't see it last year in Provo, but the, if there was a flaw with Alex, it was the high number of interceptions. There were 15 of them. 25 touchdown passes, that's good, but the 15 interceptions... And he knows he has to clean that up. They, they're not due to lack of preparation, but sometimes he would try to force a throw, and, and the result wouldn't be a good one. But he had a terrific bowl game. He was the MVP of the Orange Bowl, four touchdowns, no picks. He threw one interception last week, but it's hard to blame him. He, he got pressured. He was hit as he threw, and it, and it resulted in a, in a turnover, which could have been a fairly significant one, but the Badgers got one back. But efficiency, good, a good term. And kind of going back to your earlier question, too, about the where you think this team could improve, I think the fact that Wisconsin offensively has more established weapons 
They learned about them as they went along. They developed with Jonathan Taylor, the young receivers. They're not so young now. They have some experience behind them and the talent to go with them. And I think there's enough trust now with Alex. He knows he's got a lot of options where he can distribute the ball and they can get a lot done. Well, not only do you return a lot of offensive players, but all the kickers, uh, all of the special teams are back. And Gaglione, his numbers are also, well, every, everything that you look at at Wisconsin ends up being top notch. They have always, going back to when Barry Alvarez was the head coach beginning in 1990, and I'm sure most programs do, right? I don't want to make it seem like Wisconsin's reinvented the wheel, but there's been a big, big emphasis on special teams. And they've had really good kickers through the years. They inducted a, a punter into the Athletic Hall of Fame here last week, a, a guy named Kevin Stemke, who was a Ray Guy Award winner going yeah. back to the 2000 season. But they've had a, a good line of kickers. Gagliannoni out of Sao Paulo, Brazil, has been a model of consistency in his career. The punter has continued to get better in Anthony Lottie. And the kickoff guy, Zach Hintz, came from a really good program in, in the state of Wisconsin. He is pretty close to a an automatic touchback on the kickoffs. They're just they're, very rarely is there anything returned. It was nearly 70% last year, better than that so far this year. Little things like that can go a long way for you. Absolutely. Matt, last question before we let you go. And again, we appreciate your time. Uh, your thoughts on this BYU team coming in? I know there are a lot of questions offensively there were heading into the year because of a new offensive coordinator and a new scheme. I know a lot of people are curious. Will we see the offense that we saw against Arizona where they put up 28 points or the one against Cal that only managed one touchdown in the entire game? What are your overall thoughts on this team? Well, around here, I think you can imagine what they're hoping that they see. They're <laughs> hoping, hoping they see that uh, that offense against Cal. But hey, uh, it's really interesting when we listen to Coach Sataki after the game last year talking about how much he admires the Wisconsin program and, and how he wants to be like that. I see the offense, and I'm seeing – I talked to Paul Christ about this. So you see a lot of stuff yeah. looks familiar here. You know, the, the, the jet sweep, but the physical yeah. nature and, and a quarterback who can make good decisions. A guy who's been around a long time in Tanner Mangum. Uh, I, I'm, I'm really interested to see how Wisconsin will hold up physically because business picks up today. The first, not nothing against the last two opponents in Western Kentucky and New Mexico, but they really don't appear nearly as physical as what BYU is all about. So I'm I'm interested to see the continued growth of Wisconsin's defense, and I know BYU has not been explosive yet offensively, but you know, I see some receivers who could cause some problems, and obviously with Bushman, you've got an All-American tight end. Uh, there are some weapons there, so this is a good test to see how the Badgers can match the physicality, and I think just going up against a team that's better than the first two that the Badgers have faced. Yeah, it'll be fun to see. I think I'm excited. Yeah, I think everyone's excited to see this. We'll let you go, Matt. Thank you so much for your time. Have a good call. Appreciate it. All right, guys, take care. There we go. Matt LaPay, the voice of the Wisconsin Badgers. Coming up on the other side, it will be Cougar Cuts. You will hear from Kalani Satake, Tristan Hodge, as well as Jeff Grimes. It's all coming up next as Cougar Pregame Live continues on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Mark Lyons for more Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Ah, it's a big one today for BYU on the road taking on Wisconsin, the number six team in the country. Welcome back in to Cougar pregame live. My name is Jason Shepard. I'm in our BYU radio studios in Provo. Mark Lyons joining me from historic 
Camp Randall Stadium in Ooh, Madison. It's pretty here. It, it, Ooh, it's pretty. Yeah, that's. I was there in 2013. I've been able to experience that. That was uh, that was an awesome venue. And uh, anybody, any BYU fans, and we know that they'll travel there today. Any BYU fan that's going, you are in for a treat this afternoon. One storyline, Mark, this week centered around what took place in the BYU locker room after last Saturday's home loss. And when the coaches got into the locker room, they found the players, specifically Tristan Hodge, rallying his teammates. And this week, Hodge talked about why he felt he needed to say something. The biggest thing I wanted to do was avert what happened last year and not let the poison of of complacency and that feeling of getting used to losing, I couldn't let that set in because, it, as I said, it's a poison. And, and letting that, I couldn't let it one second. So I had to do it in immediacy and get everybody in there and, you know, tell them, tell them straight. Mark, I absolutely love the fact that that's what happened. Certainly the coaches uh, will go in and say what they need to say, but having one of your teammates, and he's not even a team captain, having one of your teammates be as passionate about not letting this thing spiral out of control, I absolutely love that. Well, I agree that uh, when somebody comes in and makes that expression, it's it's easy. You know, everybody else was down in the dumps and disappointed and we should have won, and uh, you get this feeling like, oh, man, we can't get over the hump. And uh, to have somebody step up and say, hey, we're a good football team. We can bounce back. We're going to be okay. Uh, they follow that instruction. That's what they want to believe, and when somebody else gives it to them that way and it's a teammate, then they are going to believe that. And So uh, I think it was very valuable. In last year's matchup against Wisconsin in Provo, we talked about this. Badger quarterback Alex Hornibrook was 18 for 19 for 256 yards and four touchdowns. Pretty decent day for the quarterback. 250-something in his... His rating yeah. was like over 200. <laughs> yeah, it was insane. It almost—it's one of those ones where you look at the the quarterback rating, and you're like, "Is that a mistake?" <laughs> Jonathan Taylor, as we talked about, just a freshman last year at the time, rushed for 128 yards and a touchdown. Really impressive. And head coach Kalani Sataki thinks they're even better this year. Oh, they're stronger. Yeah, so they <laughs> they actually have more guys that that have that, uh, they have guys that started against us that are backups now. So they have more uh, experience on the line of scrimmage, and they're big and they're physical. So this would be a, a great test for us. You know, I admire a lot what they do at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. And so we'll see uh, how much our guys have developed in a year. You know, and, and how much they can hang in there on the line of scrimmage. And really looking forward to the test and the challenge. I think there's a lot of guys on the on this team that really want to get to this game and then see what happens. Yeah, and this is one of those things, Mark. Kalani has talked about how they want to be like a Wisconsin in terms of physicality and execution. I mean, that's it's kind of the model that they're going after. And, and this is an opportunity to see how you stack up. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, uh, Kalani does want to be just like Wisconsin and LSU and those uh, teams that uh, rely on a power run game and uh, don't have to worry all the time about to picking up third and two. So uh, I think that uh, the fact that you get a chance to play Wisconsin back-to-back years when you were so humbled last year by the dominance of uh, Wisconsin, this does give you a good time to see how much you're improving and uh, what things you're going to be able to do better. And it becomes a a test. And uh, it's not out of the realm that, uh, holy cow, Kentucky beat Florida last week, right. and that was 31 straight wins that 
that Florida had over Kentucky. Nobody expected Kentucky to come out and win that game. So that's why you play them. You can't just uh, put it into the computer and put it into Madden, you know, with these two teams and end up, that's the winner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and, and to the point we were making a second ago in terms of wanting BYU to model or to be a model like Wisconsin and to, and to emulate what they see on the, uh, on the field, Coach Satake said that's, that's the program he's looking at right now. Yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, I just think that's a great compliment, first of all, to Wisconsin. But because of their consistency, it's, a, it's what BYU wants to become. The offensive output last week was a far cry from week one against Arizona. And offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes was asked what needs to happen this week to get things back on track. We need to do everything a little bit better. We had too many mistakes. Obviously, we can't throw the football to the other team. When you have two turnovers in a close game, often that's the difference in the game. we got to play better in the red zone. Our defense gave us every opportunity to score some points, and, and we didn't come away with the points that, that we should have. And so we got to get better in the red zone. Can't turn the football over. Those two things are the most glaring. And then there are a lot of smaller things. Guys can't make some of the mistakes that were made, whether that be a missed block, a missed assignment, a pressure on the quarterback or a dropped ball we have to improve in in all of those areas a little bit and one of the things that we've challenged our guys with is that either you have to improve or we find somebody else to do the job and I think our offense knows that we really mean that you know regardless of the outcome today I think seeing the offense take a step forward will, is a big deal and I understand that it's easier said than done when you're taking on a team like Wisconsin but I think that will go a long way in seeing progress in this team I think Wisconsin's a good team for them to match up with. Now, I do know that they're solid, but uh, they have just four returning starters on the defense for Wisconsin. They have uh, three redshirt freshmen that are now playing this year for their first time, and they have two other players that uh, don't have starting experience or uh, a lot of game experience. So on the Wisconsin defense, it is pretty much a new look, and I think BYU has the opportunity come out there and get after him a little bit but uh, one thing I was interested to hear is that uh, coach Grimes has not acclimated to the blue zone uh, <laughs> for BYU <laughs> yeah, I'm having a hard time sometimes still with that but he was still on the red zone part of it uh, uh, but he's right uh, and uh, it is unfortunate so I looked at the game again at those interceptions and uh, the HIFO was just leaning the wrong direction when the ball was thrown and for some reason Tanner threw that to the wrong side of the lean and uh, whether he had already assumed that Hefo was going to come back inside but I learned as a quarterback always throw away from the defender uh, make that throw away from the defensive man and uh, that's one of those mistakes that Tanner made the other one he just didn't throw far enough I thought he had a good chance to get uh, Akili Davis on that deep pattern at a time when you really needed to have a big play. That's why I like that he took the shot to throw it down there, but he underthrew it. Right. You have to overthrow that pass and make your guy reach out and catch it. But uh, I do think this is a good opportunity for BYU to come out and uh, improve. They've got to finish drives with points. Up next, I go one-on-one -on -one with BYU linebacker Zane Anderson in Shep Talk. Cougar Pregame Live rolls on next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Tune to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. 
BYU's on the road today taking on number six Wisconsin at Camp Randall Stadium. Welcome back in to Cougar Pregame Live. It's time for Shep Talk. Now, Zane Anderson was one of the biggest topics of discussion during fall camp. Since moving from safety to linebacker, coaches and teammates have raved about his ability to play the position. He's taking over for Fred Warner, and that's not an easy task. But Zane has carved out a name for himself. The senior from Stansbury Park put on the muscle in the offseason, and it's paid off. Zane leads the team with 17 tackles, and while quiet lets his play do the talking, a big day for Zane, and the entire defense will go a long way in slowing down Jonathan Taylor. Here's my Shep Talk conversation with Zane Anderson. For you personally, Zane, how long does it take you to get over a loss? Is that something you can let go pretty easily or does it stay with you? I feel like it stays with you um, for sure. I think with a win, I think it kind of carries over the weekend. It's a good, solid weekend, but with a loss, you know, you're thinking about all the weekend um, throughout the week, and I think that's okay, but I think we need to get over it as well. It's not good to just sit back and reflect on it, but rather... Um, kind of use it as motivation, um, use it as keys to get better and look look forward to the next week. What was your take uh, in the loss to Cal? I know Coach Tuiaki said it just comes down to making more plays, and Cal did. What was your overall take on why things turned out the way they did? I think it was kind of the same thing. I feel like we made some plays, and but I feel like a lot of the game was just kind of I don't know. Like we were playing, we were playing all right, but it wasn't anything ecstatic. You know, there wasn't that electricity. And then um, there was a few plays. Diner covered the fumble, and the electricity went up. And um, those plays that really, those really sparked the game. And I think the offense um, reflects on those. It helps them. It helps the defense. It just kind of helps everything get going. And I think we need more of those. How do you feel you've played in the first two games? I know leading up to it, everyone was talking about the switch to linebacker. Now that you've had two games. How comfortable do you feel out there? I'm getting more comfortable and comfortable as it, as it goes on. I still want to make more plays. I'm a little frustrated. I feel like I can make more plays. I need to be playing a little better. But um, it's it's coming. It's something that I just need to be uh, patient with. The, the season's not just short. It's short, and uh, so I need to learn fast, um, correct my mistakes that I make in. Um, but it's it's going well. I've, I've liked it. I've liked the flash position a lot. How better equipped do you think this year's team is to handle adversity versus last year? I think we'll be handle adversity better for sure. This team is really united. There's a lot of leadership, and I think that helps battle adversity. We need to bite it right now. Um, last year we kind of went in a drought, and um, we really need to bite this thing right now and not let, not let it go forward. So, You guys, and one of the things about independence is the ability to be able to play all over the country, impressive venues, places that people you know, know about. You guys are going to be able to play at Camp Randall this weekend in Wisconsin. Everybody knows about Wisconsin. What is it like for you guys to be able to go to these types of venues and play football? Oh, we love it. I think BYU travels really well, our fan base, um, and just going to these stadiums and playing teams, playing really good teams, it's fun. I love the challenge. I know our teammate team loves the challenge. Um, so it's just it's really exciting playing at these venues. So it's it's a big challenge, and we love it. I love going against those kind of guys, so um, it'll be fun. It would certainly seem that the, the number one priority for the defense is to uh, stop the run, slow the run down. Jonathan Taylor right now averaging about 200 yards a game in the first two, leads the country in rushing. What's it like to not just have to stop the run but go up against a guy that's that's averaging chunks of yardage? He's a stud. He's a really good ball player. So that'll be a challenge for us. They've got a really good offensive line. They always do. So up front, we'll need to handle them, and uh, we need to take care of the run for sure. 
You know, this is always something that, uh, that fascinates me because I've, I've never been in this position before. So I, I always am curious from the player's perspective what a play looks like. Take me through, from your perspective, before the snap, quarterback gets under center, what are you looking at? What, what's your progression in terms of what you're looking at and what you decide to do? Take me through like an average play. Let's say the quarterback's just going to hand it off. Mm-hmm. Take me through what you're looking at and what you're planning to do. First things first is we're just kind of get everyone aligned, right, on the same side, making sure we have the right checks, different formation, they motion. Um, a lot of things can change for us. So as that happens, the play progresses. Um, looking at alignment, getting my reads from them. And then getting my run pass read from the quarterback, three step, five step drop. As it goes on, that's just kind of that's kind of how it goes. And then um, obviously, um, there's progression takes from um, watching snaps before the game, um, trying to get tendencies that they do. So that kind of keeps that's fresh in your mind too. So when you see something, you might be able to say, okay, this is that play that I watched on film kind of have a little head start of it heading into week three where do you think the defense has done a really good job where where do you like where the defense is at and what are some of those things that you feel maybe need to be shored up a little bit I feel like we're uh getting a lot of good stops as a overall I think that there's times where we kind of let things go a little bit they might get a touchdown or two um, I think we can tighten those up, and those are miscommunication, like blown coverage. Um, we can fix that. There's some things we work on. Uh, we need to get more turnovers. Our goal is to get three a game, three every practice. And so if we get three every game, I think that's something we need to really improve on. How do the extra turnovers come? Where do you need to make the improvements for that specifically? Mm-hmm. I think it's the mindset. Um, just guys really going up to the ball, taking chances. And that, I think that happens in practice is really just working on making plays. You can't get a neutral. You can't just let things happen, and that kind of starts at practice. Make plays at practice. You make plays in the game. Yeah, you need to make – overall, we should make plays. We talked a minute ago about just the playing at Camp Randall and against a you know a top-ten team. What kind of an opportunity is this for you guys? I've got to imagine you're pretty excited, just the opportunity to take on a team like this and see what happens. Yeah, really good opportunity. We're really excited about it. We're I mean, we're obviously doubted, and, and we love that, so – now we're really excited to take these guys on and um, show them what we're about. All right, Zane, uh, the final four is how we'll wrap it up. What was the last show you binge-watched? Last show I binge-watched? God, it's been a while. It might be The Office. Okay, Office is not bad. If you were granted one superpower, what would it be? Um, flash, I'd like to be speed, just All right. quick. Nothing wrong with that. Your favorite meal is what? Probably fettuccine alfredo. Yeah. I'm getting hungry. All right, last thing. <laughs> How's coming to BYU influenced your life? Um, it's impacted my life more than anything. Um, I think it'll impact my life for the rest of my life. Um, I've met really a lot of great people, have a lot of opportunities, and um, it's been a really big blessing in my life. Great stuff. Thanks for the time, and uh, good luck in Madison. Cool. Thank you. Appreciate it. That was this week's Shep Talk with linebacker Zane Anderson. And, Mark, anytime you're taking over for a guy that's now playing in the NFL, <laughs> it's never easy, but, but Zane – he, he is not overwhelmed by this opportunity. Well, I think he has been doing a great job. I, I was concerned about his size when uh, they were making him a linebacker, that outside linebacker spot, but uh, he's done a great job. I've been watching uh, him in the replays and films, and uh, he's able to hold his own, take on blockers, and make plays. So, yeah, congrats to him. We'll visit with the voice, Greg Rubel, coming up in about 10 minutes. But first, Mark Lyons chimes in on success today on the road at number 6, Wisconsin. Analyze this is next as Cougar Pregame Live rolls on on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 
Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. Jason Shepard with you in our plush studios at BYU Broadcasting Building in Provo. Mark Lyons joining me from Madison, Wisconsin. And each week I present our own analyst with a topic, a stat, something we expect to play a role in the game. We call it Analyze This. And Mark, let's just go over a couple things first. Wisconsin owns a 41-game home winning streak against non-conference teams. The Badgers have won 20 consecutive regular season games dating back to uh, the 22nd of October in 2016. Wisconsin has played 15 non-conference games at Camp Randall Stadium in the last six years and have held seven of those teams without an offensive touchdown. I'm not trying to scare everybody with those facts, <laughs> but it certainly puts into perspective just how good Wisconsin is at home. Beyond a win, Mark, which we all know is the ultimate goal and the ultimate sign of success, how would you define success today against the Badgers? Well, I do think it's going to come down to the consistency and improving in that area of mental and uh, mistakes. The I just think that uh, BYU made so many mistakes last week, and so... Uh, I was, uh, they, they have to get rid of those. You know, a catch is a catch. I was talking to Mitchell Jurgens, and this was one of the things I was going to ask him, in fact, uh, in, on the air. But, uh, you know, he makes that catch against Boise State uh, to end up winning the football game. And I asked him if uh, when you're going to score a touchdown, do you concentrate more in making the catch for that particular play because of the situation? And his answer was just what I had hoped it would be. It was, no, a catch is a catch. Every time they throw the football to me, I had to have complete focus and concentration on making that catch. You just can't relax on, uh, say, it's a first down throw compared to a catch that's going to win the game. If you make the same effort on every completion, every catch that you're going to make, whether it's a big-time catch you have to have or it's just a first down and seven, uh, I mean, a seven-yard catch on first down, it doesn't matter. You're still going to concentrate with every effort that you have to make that play. I really like that attitude. So last week, I went through and looked at uh, the mistakes that BYU made. There were many times there was a penalty. In fact, BYU overcame a holding penalty, and they uh, came over uh, an illegal formation penalty. So one mistake in a three-down series, you can overcome. You can overcome one mistake. Uh, there would be a drop pass, and BYU still made another completion to make that. But when you make two mistakes in a three-down series, you're dead. And BYU did that too many times. They followed an offensive interference with an interception. There was a no gain where a blocking was incorrect, followed by a drop pass. When you make two mistakes in that three-down set, you're, you're just not going to make it. And so you cannot afford. Sometimes you can overcome one error in that three-down set because you can make a, a completion and get it over. But uh, I think that's the key that I want to watch today to see how they're going to be able to play this. You play every down as if it's first and ten, second and seven. Whatever you're dealing with is what you've prepared for in the week. doesn't matter who your opponent is, number one. And then secondly, eliminate those back-to-back mistakes you can and you have to get rid of those drop passes so that's how i see uh, and analyze this byu has that opportunity it doesn't have to be perfect but you can't have two errors in a three down set and that's why mark lyons is the man coming up next we will visit with the voice greg rubel joins cougar pregame live next on the new skin byu sports network 
Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Mark Lyons for more Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Cougar pregame live. Coming up uh, a little later, Mitchell Jergens will join me. We'll get his view from the sideline. You'll also hear from Wisconsin head coach Paul Chris. Right now, it's time to visit with the voice. Joining us now from Madison, Wisconsin, Camp Randall Stadium. Joining us in the press box is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Hello, Greg. How are you? Good afternoon, Shep. I'm doing very well. What a beautiful day here in the great Midwest. It is, uh, it, it's sunny and warm. No, hot. hot. It's not warm. It's hot. It's hot and humid, right? <laughs> it is hot and humid. And uh, for Wisconsin, you only get two weeks of summer. And we're so, in those two weeks right now. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, it's a warm one. Did and, it affect uh, your running this morning? I know you like to run. That's your. It's kind of it's your your fun way to exercise when you go on the road and doing all that stuff. Did it yeah. affect you this morning? I broke a good sweat on today's 5K, but uh, still a brisk pace, brisk for me. It was all <laughs> it was all good. No, it was a very 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 pleasant. It's a, it's a beautiful day and hopefully a good day for BYU football. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this past week was all about putting the cow loss behind them and putting in the work for Wisconsin. You just wrapped up your pregame interview with Coach Satake. You'll hear that in its entirety coming up in about 30 minutes. How does he feel about his team heading into today's matchup? Well, it was either Timon or Pumbaa who said you've got to put your behind in your past, <laughs> I think is what he said. Uh, and, and that, yeah, I think yeah. that's right. Yeah, and, and that's, what that's what BYU's trying to do this week is, is, is take last week, like you said, Jason, forget about it and move on. And it, it maybe it, it's a tougher team maybe to judge just how well you've done that because of how good Wisconsin is. But Kalani still expects a toughness that maybe wasn't there last week to the extent he would have liked. And, and that means matching up with, with physicality and want to and will against Wisconsin. Again, it's one of the toughest physically, toughest teams you're going to play in college football. And yet Kalani says, our guys in this room all believe we can win this game. I just want to go out and match their toughness. And Kalani said there's, there, if there's a key to tell BYU that, that they're getting the job done the way he wants. He says if they, can get, if they can get Alex Hornibrook to go to the air more than he's been doing, that will mean that they're on their way to playing the kind of game Kalani wants them to play. Now let's, let, let's tell you what Kalani said and then give you a bit of a caveat uh, that will reflect back to last year's game. So he said Hornibrook's only thrown it uh, 40 times in, in two games. He said we need, him to, we need that number to be more than just 20 a game. Well, last year he threw exactly 20 times and completed 19 of them. So ideally, he's throwing more from BYU standpoint by completing a much lower percentage because even Just on 62 a, because <laughs> even on even on 20 attempts last year he was near perfect. Yeah. So uh, if you can keep uh, Wisconsin's you know average runs from Jonathan Taylor south of where they've been and and get him into a few more third and longs and a few more passing situations, Kalani will feel that they're executing his kind of game plan. Now, keep in mind, Jonathan Taylor's yards per rush right now is 7.8. <laughs> okay, so so they're getting what they want from the guy they want to have the football. And, uh, and, and yet that'll be Kalani's and the team's game plan today is to somehow match up better against the run uh, than, than Wisconsin's been matching up from an offensive-defense standpoint the first two games. Of course, the foes they played, Mark, were Western Kentucky and New Mexico. Uh, BYU would expect to put up more opposition than those teams. We'll see if they can do so today. Yeah, and that's uh, what everybody's talking about around here is that each week seems to be a little bit harder, and that's a perfect schedule for what Wisconsin's trying to do. And uh, I agree that the, now one of the things that's uh, really effective, though, for Hornybrook is the play-action pass because they are so good with yeah. their run game that uh, they can put up that play-action and he gets more time to find a receiver. 
And so the second point is if he's throwing more often and from that drop back position, you get a better chance to pressure him. And Shep, that receiver more often than not is A.J. Taylor. So yeah. it's Taylor and Taylor. It's a tailor-made offense. Uh, <laughs> when, when, when they go play action, they're looking for A.J. Not only does Wisconsin have the Big Ten's leading rusher and the nation's leading rusher in Jonathan Taylor, they have the Big Ten's leading receiver in A.J. Taylor. He's averaging 22-point yards per catch on a modest number of catches, just 10. But again, those 10... Uh, represent uh, a good uh, th- those 10 represent 40 percent of oh, wisconsin's completions right yeah. now so it's taylor on the ground it's taylor through the air and that's been enough to get things done uh to the tune of two and oh at 34 to three and 45 to 14 in their first two games but to coach paul christ acknowledging this will be the toughest test of the three and he says we're doing more than just preparing for big 10 play which gets underway next week this is a tough tough byu team that in and of itself is its own challenge it's not part of a ramp up not part of a lead-in this is byu and that's all paul christ is focused on well and we've touched on the offense for wisconsin byu's offense it's that third quarter at arizona was about as good as it gets and everybody thought okay this this team offensively in game once found a rhythm and then obviously took a little bit of a step back last week with only one offensive touchdown what is realistic to expect because i i I know that coach grimes has talked about got him talk he talked about execution but limiting mistakes that's very i i think byu can do that but when you're going up against a team as physical as wisconsin i just think it's very difficult to gauge how much of an improvement you've made yeah, well, if, if Tanner gets a little more time to throw, that'll be one way to gauge it. And if his guys are actually catching balls in their hands, that'll be another way to gauge it. Because Tanner's week last week goes from mediocre to not so bad when when, when receivers make catches of balls that are in their hands. Right. And and so you know Tanner was at his line was adversely affected by drops last week. Let's go from zero drops in Tucson to four or five drops against Cal. That makes a big difference. And, and it did feel that that, that Tanner. Was, was rushed more than BYU would have preferred last week. I think Cal's defense will be good, but I thought they were better than they maybe should have been. I thought BYU's offensive line maybe took a little bit of a step back uh, last week from week one to week two. So well, what you can expect, ideally you can expect guys to make plays and they're there to be made, and that is receivers catching balls. We're still waiting for the first wide receiver touchdown catch of this year. Tanner's had one touchdown pass in each of the first two games to a tight end and to a fullback. And so the wide receivers, not only as a position group, is their catch rate in the low 40s right now. That's not good. Uh, We haven't seen a touchdown from the receiving group yet, and that'll, of course, have to change for BYU to maximize its potential as an offense this year. You know, closely tied to that, Greg, is that there's not a lot of balls thrown deep downfield. Everything does seem to be in that intermediate range. And that's what's limiting some of the success for those receivers. And so when you, go over the the, when you go over the top with a perfectly thrown ball like you had last week to Dylan Colley, you know, make the yeah. play. You know, again, one of the few times they went over the top and it was right there to be made. That's a big, big play that doesn't get made in a three-point game. And so uh, opportunities have been there. They've got to be more consistently completed. Now, when I say catch rate in the low 40s, that's, that's reception to target. They're not all drops we're talking about. But when they've looked to the wide receivers, they're completing only 43, 44% of those wide receiver looks, whereas yeah. the numbers to the running backs and tight ends were in the 70s and 80s. Now, of course, it's natural. Yeah. Uh, the depth of target is much shallower for running backs and tight ends than it is for wide receivers. But that said, BYU also has a lot of quick game and underneath game. And so it's not like they're simply throwing over the top all the time. It's a lot of shorter throws that aren't completing as well. 
to wide receivers, and that would have to change. And I think, Jason, I've kind of run my time out probably now. Well, I, I do want to ask you one other thing. And I, I had the privilege of being in the broadcast booth the last time BYU was in Wisconsin. So I was able to experience You were the, jumping around. I was jumping around. So, And I do remember <laughs> that there was a little bit of an uneasy feeling in the broadcast booth when that went down. And so I, I want to ask you, are you looking forward to the unique experience of listening to your boys from House of Pain again? Let's remind people that this uh, building is 101 years old, <laughs> and, and yet we trust that structurally it's as sound as it was back in 1917, because when this place gets jumping around, uh, it's more than just a gentle sway. It's a pretty uh, noticeable yeah. rock and roll yes. in this booth. And so, yeah, it's, it, it, it's, uh, it's cool. And it's, it's kind of scary cool is what yes. it is uh, when this thing really gets bouncing around. But I'm sure everything will be fine. Yeah, One more thing. Can yes. I to just – Please. You know, we always talk about the aesthetics of the game also, Greg. And uh, today uh, the Badgers are red jerseys with white pants. BYU has been white and white pants and shirt for two sh- games now. What do you expect to see today? I expect to see white and blue, but I didn't check in the locker room to find out for sure. Well, it is going to be blue pants, white jerseys. There you go. So a traditional road uniform set. Yeah, and I love it. Yeah. Here we are. The way it should be. Yes. Okay. All right, and that's the way it is, Jason that, And that is the way it is. Guys, great stuff, Mark. Thanks for hanging out with me for the last hour. Appreciate your time as always. And, Greg, great stuff. We'll hear both of you guys coming up in just a little bit. Thanks, Shep. All right, after a quick break, our weekly view from the sideline with Mitchell Jurgens. Cougar pregame live continues next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Mark Lyons for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The BYU Cougars getting ready to face the number six Wisconsin Badgers. As always, happy to be joined by former Cougar receiver and current sideline reporter Mitchell Jurgens. Mitchell, what's the scene like? Get, set the scene for us. I, I assume at this point fans have, have entered the building or at least pretty darn close to entering the building. What's what's the atmosphere like right now? It's um, it, it looks great. Um, one of the things that, that I actually pointed out walking in here is the, the last time I played a team that was wearing red and white was Nebraska. And it, it <laughs> that looks out. and feels a lot like that Nebraska game. There's a lot of red and white. It's uh, the middle of the day. It's hot. Um, and so... I think the colors are the exact same as well. We're we're wearing the same uniforms. Wisconsin looks like Nebraska. So if there's any, I guess, correlation to um, what this game feels like and looks like from here, let's hope it's a a dramatic win. Yeah, I like the way you're uh, you're thinking right now. Let's hope that, uh, yeah, the end result is the same. Uh, Last week, the end result was not the same. Uh, BYU lost to Cal. It was unexpected. I think everybody expected BYU to be 2-0 heading into this week. That didn't happen. Now that you've had some time to reflect, what area of improvement is the easiest to correct from that game today? Yeah, that's a, it's a really tough question to answer because, you know, even though some things may seem easy to fix on paper, like increasing your third down conversion percentage or catching the ball in crucial moments, uh, those aren't necessarily easy things to fix. Uh, it takes a lot of preparation and practice and repetitions in the offseason to improve in those areas. Um, but what I feel is the easiest to fix or improve on is their effort and their energy. Um, now, I'm not saying that they didn't try last week against Cal or that they didn't bring the fire because they definitely did, uh, especially at the beginning of the game. However, I think it's easy for players to start to hang their heads when they make mistakes or play with less intensity when they start to worry looking at the scoreboard. Uh, when BYU fell behind last week and the offense couldn't get rolling in the second half, you could kind of feel that energy start to fade on the sideline. Uh, big 
big time gamers and football teams are filled with guys and leaders who rally a team together when things aren't necessarily going their way. Uh, they don't look at the scoreboard and worry when turnovers happen, uh, when the defense can make a stop or, or when the offense can't convert on third down. They lift their teammates and, and speak optimistically about coming back and getting a win. Um, so, you know, it's, it's definitely a mindset and I think it comes down to the leaders and captains of this team to carry and influence that confidence. That actually speaks to what happened. I mean, you, you heard the story this week was Tristan Hodge talking to his teammates. How important is that, or what would that do for you as a teammate to see one of your teammates, not even a team captain, being that passion, passionate about not letting things spiral out of control? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's the first word that comes to my mind is it's contagious. Um, you, I mean, you, you definitely have confidence in those guys who are super optimistic. You know, they're, they're optimistic about something, and it wants you to get on board with, you know, what he's talking about and what, what he's feeling the way that the game can go. And so it's definitely, um, you know, it's, uh, they, they feel it on the sideline, and, and people catch that, um, catch that drift and, and jump on board. And so, um, yeah, it's definitely, I mean, from whoever it is, whether it's right. a leader or not, you want them um, to, uh, you want that optimism to transfer to other players as well. When a team is such a heavy underdog, as a player, how do you approach the game? I think BYU, I think today is like a 22-and-a-half-point underdog. Yeah. How do you approach the game as a player? Um, so, I mean, first off, these, these were my favorite games to play in because we literally had nothing to lose. Um, if the underrated team loses, especially when BYU is a significant underdog like they are today, you can lose the game and everyone will say, well, you know, well, that's what it was expected to happen or well, that's what should have happened. Um, so as a player, they should be bouncing around and excited for this matchup because they have nothing to lose. Uh, as an underdog, you have low expectations to do these spectacular things, and you know, which allows players to play with less stress and less pressure. Uh, so if there's a 50-50 ball down the field and the underdog wide receiver is going up for it, everyone is expecting that DB to knock it away because he's the better player on the better team. Uh, so the wide receiver has no expectations to catch the ball or lower expectations to catch the ball, which should allow him to you know, just drop the pressure, drop the stress, and just play football. Um, so, so if I were playing in this game, I'd be jumping around, letting loose, shaking off all the nerves, and just having fun out there. Um, so I, I think that's huge. It's just this is a you know an, an, a fun matchup and just have the guys have fun. Did you use jump around intentionally or was that just a happy coincidence? That was just a happy coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> so playing the number six teams not the easiest task when you're looking to bounce back. How do you think the Cougars match up with the Badgers? And and I want to preface this. Well, actually, you you answer, and then I, I want to drop something in after, because I thought it was very interesting. So how do you think BYU matches up with the Badgers? Yeah, uh, I, I want to be optimistic and easily say that they'll match up really well with Wisconsin. Um, but hands down, in my opinion, this will be the toughest team they play all year. Uh, so I worry that they're just not ready to face a team like this, especially after last week against Cal. However, you know, BYU has surprised us in the past against top 10 teams, and I'm really hoping they can do that today. Um, but to look at Wisconsin, I mean, everyone talks about how good Jonathan Taylor is and how consistent Alex Hornibrook is, you know, which is very accurate. Their offense is so talented behind those two players, and BYU's defense needs to show up big to give the offense a chance. However, even though their offense is very dangerous, I'm almost more worried about how BYU's offense matches up against the Badger defense. Um, looking past the offensive struggles last week against Cal, Wisconsin has one of the best defenses in the country. 
Um, now, I know they lost a lot of returning starters on defense last year, but I view this view Wisconsin as more of a next-man-up kind of team. Right. And whoever steps on the field is going to contribute to what Wisconsin has built over the years in my mind, and that's a, that's a very good defense. Um, I mean, just to throw some quick stats at you, uh, they were ranked first in the country in opponent yards per game last year, giving up just 253, 161 pass, 92 rush. They ranked third in opponent points per game, only behind Alabama and Clemson, holding teams to an average of 13 points a game. So that's a very good defense, um, and, and I think it could be difficult for the offense to get rolling against such a talented and stout defense. That is a perfect segue for what I wanted to bring up. We had Brock Heward, who will be on the call today on television on ABC. We had him on BYU Sports Nation yesterday on BYU TV and BYU Radio. And we were asking him uh, just his thoughts on BYU, and he said he's been very impressed with the BYU offense. And he said he loves the multiplicity. He loves all the shifts. He loves the offensive line. And I, I did not – this was not him trying to speak positively to a BYU crowd on BYU TV. He genuinely yeah. said, despite what happened against Cal offensively, he likes what BYU is able to do and brings, and he thinks they will actually be able to score and make this game closer than people think against this defense because they've, they've lost a couple of guys on defense. That was very surprising to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, you go back to the film and you go back and watch that game against Arizona and that offense worked like clockwork. I mean, they, everything just seemed to work. The Coach Grimes called plays um, at the right time, in the right moment. With all those jet sweeps, he set up big plays. And, I mean, they looked like a Power 5 offense that could compete with some of the best teams in the country. Um, obviously, you know, we had some struggles against Cal, but, you know, we can't, or BYU can't let or people can't look at that and say, oh, this offense you know, can't compete with Wisconsin's defense. Yes, it will be tough because Wisconsin is so stout, but offense has, uh, BYU's offense has shown it in the past that they can put up big numbers, that they can put the drives together and rally behind the offensive weapons that they have. All right, Mitch, talking with Mitchell Jurgens, our view from the sideline. One final question. Besides a win, which obviously is the answer, what can BYU do today to feel like things are still moving forward? Yeah, if they can compete for four quarters, they should be pleased with their performance. Um, it's much easier to say than do against the number six team in the country, but it would be great to see some consistency in their play. Uh, I want to see the offense move the ball, get first downs, and finish drives. It doesn't need to be every drive, but it would be nice to see one or two of these things in each of the four quarters, expecting that finishing drives with points on the board will happen today. Um, as for the defense, I'd like to see them come up with some big stops and key moments, uh, whether it's forcing the Badgers to kick a field goal inside their own 10-yard line or forcing a turnover to swing momentum at some time in the game. I mean, these will all be steps in the right direction for a team to gain confidence heading into the rest of the season. Um, with, with all that said, though, I mean, if they compete and it turns out to be a close game in the fourth quarter, uh, that would be great to see and, and would sure give the coaches, the players, and, and the fans a lot more confidence. Absolutely. Mitchell, great stuff. We'll hear you on the broadcast coming up with Greg and Mark in just a little bit. Awesome. Hey, thanks so much. You bet. That's Mitchell Jurgens, our view from the sideline. Coming up on the other side of this break, we'll go across the field. We'll hear from the head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers, Paul Christ. That's next on Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 
Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. Welcome back into Cougar Pregame Live. Shep with you, hanging out in our BYU Radio studios in Provo, Utah, getting you ready for BYU in Wisconsin from Madison, the Badgers. They're coached by Paul Christ, who's in his fourth season at the helm of his alma mater. And Coach Christ talked about facing BYU, a team that they saw at Lavelle Edwards Stadium last season. Last year, we weren't sure if their quarterback was going to play. And now, you know, they've got – he's playing and, and you know, offensively, you know, you got a sense of what they're doing. It looks like they've they obviously made changes on the staff, and and so you got a better maybe sense of of what they're doing. And and defensively, played against a lot of those players, but they've they've adjusted it. And you know, some of those same players that that we played against last year are are starting, but in in different positions. And so, anytime you play a team the year before, you've got a an idea um, of what to expect. But just like us, you know, they've made changes. We've made some changes, and. and so I think it's, uh, you know, we've got enough film to prepare for and, and yet really do, you know, you look at it and offensively, I think they've got a number of weapons. Defensively, they've got really good players and, and you see it come together on special teams. So it's a, it's a week where we've got to get better because it's a, it's, a, it's a good team. Last week's game, or excuse me, last year's game in Provo was, uh, was a 40-6 to victory by Wisconsin, and because the Badgers won by such a large margin, Coach Chris was asked if his players are overconfident this week against the Cougars. Shame on us if our players think that. You know, you you, you look at how they played. You know, these two years. And you know, last year when we we're getting ready, you know, they had some. You know, the quarterback situation was was not the same, and and you know, we got a number of players back, and you know, when you watch the film of the first two games. That grabs not only coaches but our players' attention, and we know we've got to have a good week of preparation and know it's going to be a, a heck of a ball game. And certainly, and we talked about this earlier in the program. We had Matt LePay, the voice of the Wisconsin Badgers, on, and he said this: by far, this will be the biggest test that Wisconsin will have faced so far this year. Western Kentucky and New Mexico never put up a fight, and in terms of physicality, Coach Chris talked a lot about this being a, a much more physical team, and he certainly sees that that's one of the things that uh, that BYU is trying to emulate from his own team. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if, if BYU can match what certainly is one of the trademarks of the Wisconsin football team. Now, today's game will be Wisconsin's final non-conference game before beginning Big Ten play, and Coach Chris was asked about why he risks facing tougher non-conference teams like BYU. You know, I've been fortunate to be a part of them, and, and one thing I'd say is, you know, they're hard to get, you know, and, and Coach Alvarez and I have talked about that, and when, when you when you do get those chances for the, you know, big non-conference games, I think they're great for your players, and what I also believe is that if you're, if you're going to be a team that's in the national picture, then playing those games is good, and I understand you could be a different team, good or bad, you know, from week one or two, week three to, to the end of the year, but truthfully, I think that you have your schedule, and it's an opportunity to get to go play it. And at the end of the year, you you look up and see where you're at. And I know there's conversations and everything about it, but for the for the players and for the team, you just want to take advantage of each opportunity that is one week at a time. Badger running back Jonathan Taylor leads the nation in rushing yards. He's probably right now the leading Heisman candidate, averaging 200 or just under 200 yards rushing per game. His coach believes he's better than last year, and he's still evolving. I certainly believe that he has 
evolved and is growing and yet you know a lot of times it's it's what type of situations come up and present themselves so i don't know if i've got a good quick answer for you but i really do believe that he's grown in a number of areas you know whether it be just kind of his overall knowledge of what we're doing and kind of feel like we were able to do more with him in the in the passing game and I think his understanding of what defenses are doing you know I think there's kind of a natural progression and I think he's certainly on that and it's you know actually trying to fast forward it and but I don't know when you like if you just say the snaps that he's had does it does all that show I don't know that it it would necessarily but I definitely do believe that he is taking steps and, and getting better. Coach Christ mentioned the ability to use him in the passing game, and as Mark brought up earlier, that's not something that they've done so far this season. That's one of the things I'm curious to see is if they do involve him. Maybe it's one of those situations, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. He's been you know, dominating running the football. Maybe you don't even risk throwing him a pass. All right, when we come back, we'll look at some other scores in college football. We'll get ready to hand things over to Greg Rubel in Madison, Wisconsin. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. Final segment of Cougar Pregame Live. Let's get you caught up on some other action before we get to other college football games going on today on this Saturday afternoon. Let's let you know how BYU women's soccer is doing. They're not too far from Madison. They are about an hour and a half east of Madison, Wisconsin, in Milwaukee, taking on Marquette. Now, this match was actually supposed to be played last night. That did not happen due to a power outage. Uh, They were not able to restore the power. The game was postponed last night and started today. They have just reached halftime, and BYU leading Marquette two goals to nil. The first goal came in the 18th minute, an assist by Elise Flake and Maddie Gates getting the Cougars on the board first. And then in the 45th minute, uh, McKaylee Moore puts the ball in the back of the net, assisted by Rachel Lyman. And uh, BYU now has a 2-0 lead again at halftime. So uh, congratulations to the Cougars, and uh, hopefully they can uh, keep uh, putting the ball in the back of the net in the second half. Coming up in a little over an hour, number one BYU women's volleyball will be on the road at Weber State. Uh, That's uh, a game that BYU looking to kind of keep momentum. They are the number one team in the country. As I mentioned, their first match as the number one team was uh, Thursday night as they hosted their rival, number 24, Utah. The Cougars swept that one. So BYU looking to remain hot as they uh, head to Logan tonight. We'll update you uh, on that game this afternoon as that one gets underway up in Ogden. All right, top 25 action. Game's going on right now. Number two, Clemson leading Georgia Southern 31-7 to that game in the fourth quarter. About six minutes to go in that one. Seven minutes in the fourth at number three, Georgia. The Bulldogs leading Middle Tennessee State 49-7. to This one's actually been a pretty entertaining game. Number five, Oklahoma at Iowa State. The Sooners leading by 10 at 34-24. The fourth quarter just underway. Number 11, Penn State pouring it on Kent State right now, 49-10. to That game with two and a half minutes to go in the third quarter. 12 minutes in the fourth, number 21, Miami leading at Toledo, 42-24. to UC Davis 
at number nine, Stanford. Now, this one's early, still in the second quarter, but Stanford only with a four-point lead. Cardinal leading UC Davis by a score of seven to three. Vanderbilt at number eight, Notre Dame. Notre Dame with a three-nothing lead with 11 minutes to go in the first. Coming up later on, it will be number 12, LSU at number seven, Auburn. Number 17, Boise State at number 24, Oklahoma State. SMU at number 19, Michigan. Number 20, Oregon, hosting San Jose State. Number one, Alabama at Ole Miss. Louisiana will take on number 16, Mississippi State. Number four, Ohio State at number 15, TCU. Texas hosting number 22, USC. Pretty big game, about 45 miles north of Provo tonight. Number 10, Washington at Rice-Eccles State taking on the University of Utah. That game getting underway at 10 Eastern, 8 Mountain Time from Salt Lake City. Number 23, Arizona State at San Diego State. And then uh, just a couple of games uh, because of the uh, the weather on the East Coast. Some games that were canceled. Number 13, Virginia Tech uh, hosting East Carolina. That was canceled. West Virginia at NC State was canceled. And number 18, UCF at North Carolina also canceled. That is a wrap for Cougar Pregame Live. Coming up next is the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show with Greg Rubel and Kalani Satake. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to get head coach Kalani Satake's thoughts on today's game. It's the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show presented by Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Let's join Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good afternoon, Cougar football fans, and welcome inside one of the most venerable venues in all of college football, Camp Randall Stadium in Madison, Wisconsin, home of the nation's sixth-ranked team, the 2-0 Wisconsin Badgers, one of the sturdiest teams in the game, featuring one of the country's most spectacular players, the great sophomore running back Jonathan Taylor, the early-season favorite for the 2018 Heisman Trophy. My name is Greg Grubel. I'll have your play-by-play call today, assisted as always by the one-time BYU signal caller, the Arvada Flash himself, the legendary Mark Lyons. And uh, Mark, in this, your last broadcast season, we flash back to one of your first broadcast assignments. How about that? In this building, back in 1980, when in a different era of college football, favored BYU, I'd have to think they were favored, uh, came into Madison and came away with an easy win. All these years later, the Cougars enter today's contest as a decided underdog. External expectations are modest for a BYU team coming off a home loss to Cal, while the Badgers have uh, toyed with their first two opponents. But regardless of the storyline, Camp Randall is always rocking. (coughs) I love that you bring me back to that 1980 game, Greg. It was awesome. Yeah, this is a great atmosphere to play a football game, but it is a tough place to play. In the last 15 years, Wisconsin's 87-10 and 10 at home against only Ohio State is better than that at home. So I'm pretty impressed that they're that good. That It is interesting how, to, you know, the fortunes change and that uh, BYU was the solid team in 1980 and uh, – Wisconsin is now that uh, upbeat, go get them football team. Uh, in the last four years, the Badgers have won at least 10 games, double digit wins in nine of the last 13 seasons. And that's interesting in that all the rest of their history, they've only had three double digit seasons. They've got it going right now. And so that's why they are the big favorite. In that 1980 season, Greg, Wisconsin was four and seven. BYU lost their first game to New Mexico as we know, and then they won the next 12 games in that season and one of their most uh, memorable seasons ever kept with that Miracle Bowl against SMU. 
One of those six, one of those 12 games was a 28-7 win here in Wisconsin. So this does become a real challenge for BYU this year, and it's always this opportunity to make a big splash on this season because uh, if you have this upset win, you get immediate attention. I think that uh, Wisconsin's opponents were both weaker than either of BYU's opponents. And uh, boy, oh boy, Greg, you mentioned it. But this is a picture-perfect day. We're in this awesome setting as we look out over some of the trees that uh, come up on the skyline here in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, I just think that uh, there's this opportunity for a huge upset and put a real feather in your cap to beat a top-10 team. That's why... You get excited for a game like this. Greg, my boy, what a great day for a football game. Coming up next, the pregame thoughts of BYU head coach Kalani Sitake as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues live from Camp Randall Stadium in Madison, Wisconsin on the new skin BYU Sports Network. It's time to hear from the coach of the Cougars. The Cougar pregame coaches show continues. Here once again is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Let us pause 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Well, for the fourth time in the series history, it's BYU and Wisconsin. After the Cougars, it took the first ever meeting back in 1980, as we discussed. Wisconsin has won the last two get-togethers, 27-17 here in Madison five years ago, and 40-6 last year at Lavelle Edwards Stadium when Jonathan Taylor ran for 100-plus and Alex Hornibrook went 19 for 20 and put up a passer rating of 288 (laughs) in the Badgers' big win. BYU head coach Kalani Sitake knows uh, well what he and his team are in for today. Hopes are that his guys can stay in the game longer than they did last season when quarterback Tanner Mangum did not play, by the way. I spoke with the coach a short time ago here in Madison in our pregame conversation brought to you by Zions Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Kalani talked about embracing the underdog role with which the Cougars have been tagged today and what that will mean for his team here in Madison. I was just rallying together as a team, you know, and uh, when no one really believes other than us and our fans. And so I've um, been in this position before. It's kind of what um, makes BYU what it is traditionally. So uh, looking at possibly the toughest team in college football, um, such a good matchup for us uh, where we can actually just see the standard of where, the, where we sit in the, as the bar, our toughness, and how much improvement we've made in the year. I think our guys see it and they believe that, this is going to be a tough game. It's not like Wisconsin last year took it off either, you know, so they, they worked hard, but it'll be interesting to see how we match up and where we, where we stand as a program, especially at the level of physical, tough football. Not really worried about the score. I think we'll worry about that when it gets towards the end. Right now we just got to battle and compete and, and expect a physical ball game, and we have to give them our best shot. We have to make sure that we we get off the field, that, that uh, they, they got everything from us, and, and uh, that's, that's the goal this week. When you talk about Wisconsin being one of the toughest teams, you're not simply talking about wins or home wins or record. You're talking about physical style of play. Oh, yeah, and just size and, and grit and basically what their um, their identity is, you know, built on that. And so um, so Barry Alvarez kept going forever. And so I think for us, we have to have that type of presence. Uh, really admire what they do, and I just want to make sure to see what, how we match up against the toughest, you know. And um, that – in you know, with a sense of humility, but at the same time, we believe we can win this game. And so um, it really doesn't matter what others are saying. This, this locker room believes that we can win, 
and we had a really good week of preparation. I think it's taken a little bit of the edge off, um, knowing that no one expects us to do well. So I feel like they're a little bit more loose. And so uh, it might just be the remedy that we need right now. Their identity is one probably to which you aspire for your team, I would presume. Yeah, and, and definitely we have to see how how we match up and, and how we, uh, you know, you have to have a goal in mind. But um, it's always good to have someone that, that is at the pinnacle of it where you say, okay, we we felt like last year we were kind of outmatched a little bit. Too, they're too, too physical for us. And uh, this year we have some chances to, I think we have a, a more developed team. And we've added some new pieces and we've changed some positions. And uh, I think we have a good game plan going into this. It's uh, very similar to what Stanford does out west, you know. But this one's a little bit more established and it's been there for a long time. And, and uh, their fans just rally around us or... Our fans will be here. We've already seen a bunch of them as we drove in. Our guys will feel, feel comfortable. Uh, probably not as many seats available in this game mm-hmm. as normal, but we know we have great support. And like I said, these guys, they believe they can win, and so we'll, we'll go with that attitude. What do you think you've done consistently well through two games, and what are some things you want to clean up here in week three? Well, just consistently well, these guys have played hard. That will help a lot. You know, um, We need to execute better as, as, a, as a team in all three phases. I think that will produce more points for us and get us in position to win. I think defensively, if we execute and not have any missed assignments, so we have to tackle well, you know, going against another Heisman candidate. So we'll see how this matches up. I, I just think our guys love challenges. This is another great one. And so uh, we're looking forward to this, this challenge on offense, executing, making sure that we get all our blocks. We do that. I think we get a bodies on body and, and, and really no mental mistakes. I think we have a really good chance. And so um, that, that's, that's the goal. We had a great week, and um, yeah, I think I think our guys are feeling really confident right now. Yeah, this Wisconsin team you saw last year at their place—they look very much like the same kind of Wisconsin team Paul Chris would roll out. Yeah, and 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 I think they're probably more experienced on the O-line side, so defensively it'd be a, a great matchup. But um, I think Coach Tuyaki and like I like what he and his staff has done as far as matching up personnel. Last year we tried to just um, play as best as we could, but win the best eleven on the field, but. Um, that didn't work out in our favor because they just kind of pushed us around. And so this, this week, we'll, you'll see personnel-wise, we'll change some personnel up with, to match their physical guys. Mm-hmm. I don't think if they go bigger, it doesn't make sense to stay the same, so we'll go bigger. And, yeah, we'll see how it matches up. I, I haven't seen anyone really do that to them. And so uh, our job is to try to control the run game. I, I think this Jonathan Taylor is a great runner. And so you say that with a little bit of hesitation, saying, mm-hmm. hey, he has the ability to break tackles and make big plays, but we feel like if we can make him one-dimensional, that'll open it up for us. Is there anything you might be looking for, especially early in the game, to say our guys are getting it, or this, or, or this could be a good day for us? Once we see them throwing the ball a lot, then I think we're going to be really good. So that's the goal is to get them to throw, and we need to shut down the run. They're going to they're going to try to stick with it. They've thrown the ball. 40 times with this with Hornybrook, 40, 40 times in two games, and we need to make it more. So if we can get them to throw the ball more than, than that, I think we'll be sitting in a good position. Right. Kalani, have a great day. Good luck. We'll talk to you afterwards. Appreciate it, Greg. All right, that is BYU head coach Kalani Isitake. Title and escrow can be complicated. With over 50 years' experience in Utah, Provo Land Title has the expertise to navigate your buying, selling, or building project. Provo Land Title, making the complicated easier. Our look ahead to the Cougars and Badgers continues after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Comfort broadcast booth and join Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. 
Good afternoon once again from Camp Randall Stadium in Madison, Wisconsin. This 80,000-seat venue is the fourth oldest stadium in the FBS. This season marks 101 years since it opened for business. Greg Rubel and Mark Lyons with you as the broadcast tandem today. Our on-site engineer is Barry Squires. Our stats man, Ralph Sokolowski. Our spotter is McKay Perry. Our pregame halftime and postgame host is Jason Shepard. Down on the field, former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens in his rookie year with us. Mitch reporting from the Zions Bank end zone. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Filling out the rest of our roster is BYU radio engineer Sean Fay, broadcast producer Terry South. Control board operator Nathan Israelson. Our broadcast interns today are Aaron Fitzner here in Madison and back at BYU Radio, Lindsey Peterson and Sterling Richards. You are listening to us live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. We are on BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143, coast to coast and 89.1 FM HD2 in northern Utah. Also, we're on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM and on our BYU Sports Network affiliates in both Utah and Idaho. Online, you can get us on byuradio.org, byucougars.com slash live radio and ksl.com. And also there's the apps. Get the BYU Radio app and listen live. The BYU Cougars app and listen live. Or the KSL app and listen live. It's great to have you with us however you are tuning us in today. Well, win or lose last week, BYU was going to be a big underdog when visiting the Badgers. But uh, you only get one chance to go 2-0. and oh. And the Cougars let one get away last Saturday. Four times, BYU got inside the Cal 35-yard line and got only one touchdown out of those four possessions. Other was a field goal and two offers. Two of the deep drives ending with zero points. It was a week when the BYU defense scored a touchdown. Special teams gave the offense the ball at the Cal 16. BYU got nothing out of that possession. Mark, when you lose by three... It's only a handful of those kinds of plays that make the difference, and BYU did not make enough of them. The game was there to be had, yeah. and it was a home game. Disappointing to be 1-1 one one coming into today. Yeah, that's the truth, Greg. You know, and I did think that Cal was better on defense than I expected. I think they improved from their first week. I was impressed with their offensive line's ability to protect their quarterback and to make openings for that quarterback RPO. Those runs in the second half were really killers for BYU. But BYU had the opportunities to score. Man, the offensive in the early part of the game. Now, that's the thing that uh, you look at. The offense has not been consistent. But in the second half against Arizona, they were very good. In the first half of the Cal game, they moved the ball very well but didn't get points out of it. And then there's the inconsistencies in the first half against Arizona and the second half against Cal. So they have to become more consistent to be more of an offensive threat. Uh, the created those drives that were made in the Cal game. They did get down there with opportunities to get scores, and then the defense gave them turnovers. They had opportunities to make the plays. So my assessment of the challenges that BYU has to do in order to complete drives is they have to minimize mistakes, and you can't make two mistakes in a three-down period. That's the killer for them. They, if they, they overcame one mistake quite a few times. No gain on a run, or they overcame a holding penalty, and they were able to make a first down, particularly in the first half. In the second half, however, there were too many times that they ended up stopping drives by making two mistakes in a three-down period. That was just too much to overcome. The example was they got the turnover at the 16-yard line, had an offensive pass interference, followed with another mistake of the interception. So what you've got to be able to minimize mistakes, 
get into a point where you're going to be able to overcome any error that you have and then reduce the number of errors. That's the key for BYU to be able to be better on offense in order to compete in this game today. All right, more of the Cougar Kickoff Show coming your way after this break and after this reminder that this season, BYU football and Mountain America Credit Union are changing lives. For each field goal BYU makes, Mountain America will donate $500 to the American Red Cross to help fund humanitarian services and programs. Our BYU football coverage continues live from Madison, Wisconsin on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's head back to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Comfort broadcast booth with Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Tight end oh, in the backfield yeah. last week. That's right. Yeah, you he's. Uh, I guess he tore some ligaments. Oh. Welcome back inside Camp Randall Stadium in Madison, Wisconsin, where the Badgers are on a 41-game non-conference home win streak dating back some 15 years to the week. The last non-Big Ten team to win here was UNLV in 2003. It's only natural that after a rough loss in which the starting quarterback throws two picks that uh, Tanner Mangum would be a bit of a lightning rod. But Mark, hidden in last week's numbers are multiple drops versus Cal that BYU did not have versus Arizona. So many big drops that uh, turned Mangum's numbers from adequate to mediocre uh, to something actually from decent to to adequate then to subpar. Uh, the, The wide receivers in particularly need to make more plays. As a position group, they've hauled in just over 40% of their targets. Now, those aren't all drops, of course, but uh, and wide-out throws are farther downfield generally than than uh, other throws to, to running backs and tight ends, so they're lower percentage in nature. But, and, and you know, Tanner's had a couple bad throws in there as well, let's say, but, but it's not all on the quarterback right now. I agree that the quarterback position certainly is the most visible and the one that uh, people concern themselves. I agree that there were big drops of passes that could have been kept drives alive and uh, helped field position. Uh, I agree that Tanner made three poor throws off target. One receiver turned in, he thought he was or turned out and he thought he was going to go in. The throw on the run after scrambling away from pressure was underthrown. And I agree that against Cal there were too many errors in pass protection. Routes run and drops. So I think that there is enough uh, to go around. Everybody has to share the blame certainly in the game last week. But uh, Tanner uh, you know, we're used to Max Hall coming out and beating somebody and uh, John Beck. And uh, you get that uh, feeling that uh, the quarterback's the guy that's going to arise over all of those problems. And that's why Tanner gets a little more heat, I guess, is because he manages the game quite well. He did a lot of good things through excellent passes, uh, completed balls that were long distances to make first downs. But uh, in between, you're going to throw an interception once in a while. Sometimes it's your fault. Sometimes the defender makes the big play. It is time for a break and time for You Be the Judge, brought to you by Legally Mine. Legally Mine equals asset protection. Go to LegallyMineUSA.com to learn what you can do to stop lawsuits dead in their tracks. Here's today's football rules scenario. The punter receives the long snap sprints to his right at an angle toward the line of scrimmage and runs outside the tackle box. He then stops and punts the ball. So we're talking about a rugby kick here, right? Yeah. And he's immediately hit by a diving defender, so he gets lit up after he kicks the ball. Is this penalized as roughing or running into the kicker? The answer is coming up next as the Cougar Kickoff Show continues live from Camp Randall Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Getting you geared up for game time. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Now back to Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. 
Welcome back inside our broadcast booth in Badger Country Camp Randall Stadium in Madison on a sunny Saturday. What a perfect yeah. late summer day for some BYU football. It's actually uh, it, it, it's it's in the it's in the hot territory today. One on one Cougars visiting the two and zero and sixth ranked Wisconsin Badgers. BYU's last win over a top ten team came more than nine years ago versus number three Oklahoma in Arlington. Time now for the answer in today's NCAA football rules question, and you be the judge, brought to you by Legally Mine. Here is today's football rules scenario. The punter receives the long snap and then sprints to his right at an angle toward the line of scrimmage. So we're talking about a rugby kick here as he runs outside the tackle box. He then stops and punts the ball and is immediately hit by a diving defender. Is this penalized as roughing or running into the kicker? And the answer is no. This is a legal play and no foul by the defender. According to Rule 9.1.16, the punter loses his roughing or running into or, or running into protection by carrying the ball outside the tackle box. You be the judge presented by Legally Mind. So you rugby kick at your own risk, don't you? That's right. There's no roughing. They can they can drill you. <laughs> it's like rugby. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's, uh, that's another addition for the that's, reason that's, of calling it a rugby that's kick. That's a good point. When you're in a rugby kick, they're going to hit you like they do in rugby, and you're going to just deal with it. All right. <laughs> uh, through two games, uh, BYU's results have uh, proven the time-tested football adage. Mark, even when you played this, said this. <laughs> a team that can run it and stop the run is usually the team that wins the game. Uh, BYU ran for a 183 yards in the opener and less than half of that in week two. Arizona was kept under 130 and then Cal ran for more than 180. And Mark, Wisconsin is the consummate trench team. The Badgers averaging 325 rush yards per game, allowing just 100. And Jonathan Taylor is far and away the reason why and the nation's leader in rush yards per game at 199 per pop right now. And we say all that to mindful of the fact that to Alex Hornibrook went himself 19 for 20 throwing with four touchdown passes last season. And he's throwing to the Big Ten's early season leader, leader in receiving yards per game in A.J. Taylor. So Jonathan Taylor and A.J. Taylor are the running back and wide receivers of note. In short, there are a lot of reasons Wisconsin yeah. is the nation's sixth-ranked team. But it all starts up front. We have to talk about the veteran offensive line. That is the focal point of the Badgers' attack. So many national stories in the offseason focused on the offensive linemen for Wisconsin. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of folks say those guys operate without any publicity. Well, Wisconsin, they're the stars of the team. <laughs> they get all the attention. And they they deserve it. You know, the offensive line has dominated BYU in the last two games. And uh, their offensive line is big. All of them over 310 pounds. They are 6'6", 6'6", 6'7", and 6'3". They're big. And they're mobile. They get out and pull. They lead on the, the sweeps and the power game. Uh, last year, and I'm talking about last year, this is the good news. They had seven All-Americans on their team last year. That was That's the good news. They're gone. Here's the bad news. Five of those guys are back. <laughs> so, And three of them are offensive linemen. The left side of the guard, the right guard, and the right tackle are back. The center started every game last year as a freshman. And, oh, yeah, uh, the other offensive player that was an All-American, he's the running back, Jonathan Taylor. So the offensive line, they open these little gaps. Taylor has the speed to pop through there and the power to break the first guy that's trying to make the tackle. You mix in this accurate passer with Alex Hornibrook. Man, alive. He's very good with the play-action pass. Uh, that's a tough combination to have the offensive line so good. Taylor quick enough to get through small openings and then the play-action pass. Uh, they're good. There are a lot of formations in which 
Jalen Taylor is the only running back. AJ Taylor is the only wide receiver, yeah. and they're going to throw that O line and three tight ends out there, and they're going to they're, they're going to put triple tight and just say this is who we are, and if we do throw it, we're going to throw it to a really good receiver, a number four out there who's averaging 100 yards a pop. So they have it all. That, and so they they do they line up and say here we come. You know they aren't fancy. Uh, they haven't shown a whole lot of difference on either side of the ball. Defensively they're the same way, but they're just tough as nails. Coming up, we'll hear from sideline reporter Mitchell Jurgens down on the field as our pregame coverage of BYU and Wisconsin continues live from Camp Randall Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Let's get back to Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU at Wisconsin here at Camp Randall Stadium in Madison where Mark Lyons, you say it's band alumni day. That's why there are about... 12,000 band members on the field today, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right, and everybody's standing and <laughs> applauding with them. Yeah, it's pretty fun to see uh, the support, and uh, look at all those guys. It's There's a lot of guys that came back for alumni band, band alumni day. Yeesh. Yeah, it's, it's instrumental down there right now. <laughs> uh, we, mentioned, we mentioned the 41-game non-conference home win streak dating back 15 years for Wisconsin. Well, they've also got a 20-game regular season win streak. That's home. That's away. That's regular. They've won 20 consecutive regular season games. If they're going to lose, it's going to be in a Big Ten championship game, maybe a bowl game. They're not losing in the regular season. Their only loss last year came in the Big Ten title game after an undefeated conference season. Over, right. the last, over the last five years, over the last 10 years, and over the last 15 years, Wisconsin <laughs> is fourth in victories among all P5 programs in four seasons of the Big Ten's new divisional setup. Wisconsin's won the division three times. The Badgers' 41-game non-conference home win streak is the longest current run and the fifth longest all-time in the history of college football. Now, Kalani Sitake told us earlier how he relishes the underdog label and is eager to see how his guys respond to the challenge. And, Mark, we've seen BYU come up big in the past. We've also seen the best P5 programs really kind of get after BYU. And we'll use just last season, LSU and Wisconsin, as two recent examples. What I'd like to, to see today, you know, of course a win would be wonderful, yeah. but just progress from maybe those two kinds of games where, say, you don't cross the 50 against LSU, yeah. or Wisconsin just runs it down your throat at your house. You want to see yeah. something different than what we saw last year that way. Boy, you know, it was complete domination last year, and uh, it was uh, tough to watch that uh, but this is a great time to evaluate the improvement in this year's Cougars. Wisconsin's offense could be better this year just because of the experience that they returned. But BYU's offensive line appears to be much better this year. All right, let us pause for our national anthem here at Camp Randall Stadium in Madison.
Even their alumni band can still play. They still got it. There's, you know, Doug Martin would be pretty happy. There were 20 cymbals out there, and there's 25 tubas that are in the alumni band. Let's bring in now our sideline reporter, Mitchell Jurgens from the Zions Bank end zone. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Uh, first up, Mitch, uh, if, if fans don't see as much of Butch Pau'u today, he's a little banged up. And they may be managing his reps. And so you may, you may see uh, more little middle linebacker play from players other than Butch Pau'u. We'll see how that plays out today. But if you don't see him as much as normal, again, a little banged up and, uh, and may not be in there as frequently as we see him. There are under other injury notes of notes. And one's uh, of a guy that's, uh, well, he caught a touchdown last week. Mitch, update us on what you know down on field level. Yeah, uh, so Braden Bakery um, looks like he is not playing tonight. Or today, I should say. Um, he's got a bit of a neck injury. Not sure how long or how many games he will miss, uh, but he has not dressed for today, so he will definitely miss today's game. Wow. That's your starting yeah. fullback. And with injuries at camp to Kyle Griffiths and Johnny Tapasoa, you're down to a fourth-string fullback, a former defensive lineman they've made into a fullback in Darius McFarland. If they go that direction, but more likely, Mark, might be someone like a tight end uh, playing in the backfield is more of a wingback fullback, right? That's what they did last week and yeah. brought a, a fullback back there. But uh, uh, he's the guy that really is physical. When you're looking for somebody to demonstrate physicality, that's Braden Elbakri. All right, let's get back down to Mitch. And Mitch, uh, while we'd all like to see a win here at Wisconsin, what are some of the things beyond just the final score that you'll be keying on to indicate that uh, BYU is making some forward steps, even though it's harder to tell sometimes against the nation's sixth-ranked team? Yeah, I, I touched briefly on this in the pregame show with Jason. Um, I want to see them compete for four quarters. Offensively, I want to see them move the ball, get first downs, and finish drives. Uh, defensively, I'd love to see some big stops in key moments of the game. Uh, but to, to touch on some other things I'll be watching for, specifically for the offense, is how will they bounce back after a turnover or a three and out. Um, in, in the second half against Cal, we didn't see any of that until it was too late in the game. Uh, we didn't see them get a first down in the second half until late in the fourth quarter. Um, it was, you know, it was three and out after three and out. And even after the defense made huge momentum swing plays, like forcing turnovers, the offense couldn't capitalize. Uh, so BYU can wipe away a three and out or a turnover with a solid drive the next time they step on the field. That will be a great step in the right direction. Um, and also if BYU's defense can force a turnover. I want to see the offense carry that momentum and turn it into points. Mitch, uh, one of the first things you said once we got into the stadium here into our broadcast booth was, did anybody bring any sunscreen? So <laughs> we, we get a sense of how things are going to be out there conditions-wise. It's a warm one, eh? Yeah, it's, it's hot for sure. I'm uh, hoping these clouds, uh, you know, give us a good break. But it's hot, um, but a perfect day for football, if, if, if I say so myself. All right, that's Mitchell Jurgens down in the Zions Bank end zone. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. 83 degrees right now and sunny here in Madison. Time now for today's Ken Garf Keys to the Game, brought to you by Ken Garf Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. Mark Lyons, what do you have? Well, number one, Greg, the coaches, players, and the fans have all been concerned about the slow start that Wisconsin has had. And so if BYU can change it around and be ready at the start of the football game, they have an opportunity to jump on them early and be in the game. And if you get started early, you'll help to finish strong. Number two, and you've got to reduce the errors and mistakes. You know, and they're basic things, blocking assignments and catching the football. Number three, Finish drives with points. Take advantage of the opportunities you get. You've got to get points on the board, and I have a fourth one. Wisconsin is 59% in third down success. 
You've got to be able to get them to third down and then get them off the field. And BYU's defensive third down number is higher than Kalani Zatake and Elisa Tuiaki would like right now. Teams are converting at 47% yeah. on third downs, and Wisconsin threatens to take that up a notch. They're that good. We don't normally get a fourth key, Mark, so that's, that's big time. Yeah, well. Bonus, well. bonus key here in Badger country. <laughs> All right, we've got the coin toss and the opening kickoff coming your way next. This has been the Cougar Kickoff Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.